Moody Radio 89.3, and this is Mornings with Eric and Bridget. And some call the events of October 7th in Israel the Black Sabbath. Many of the men and women of Magen David Adam, which is Israel's emergency medical service and ambulance provider, risked their own lives to provide rescue and comfort to their fellow citizens. And one of those dispatchers is with us today, Ronit Glazer. Thank you so much for joining us for this pers- this unique perspective live from Israel. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Can you tell us why and how you got into this line of work? Um, not an easy job. Tell us how you how you uh, entered into this field. Well, I started in Israel. Every 15-year-old needs to do some sort of volunteering service. It's part of um, the high school um, thing that you have to do. And my mother's a nurse, and I knew that it's really important to me to be able to help people. So I started volunteering when I was 15 years old. That was in 95, and I stayed ever since. Mm-hmm. And now as a mom yourself, you says here you have two girls, 12 and 9, and the mm-hmm. events of October 7th. Can you just describe what that day would have been like for you as a mom? And I don't know if it was a day on or a day off, and what life was like for you that day? Well, October 7th, I was asleep at home with my girls. I was not supposed to work that day. And luckily, I got woken up by a phone call from a friend of mine saying, how are you asleep? The, world, the country is on fire. And I was lucky he did it because a few minutes later, there was a red alert siren in Jerusalem, which is the city I live in. And I quickly took my girls to our safe room at home, which isn't really safe because we live in an old house. And while we were still in there, we received a WhatsApp message to the group of the Jerusalem dispatchers. Everyone come in now. And I called my supervisor and told her I'm coming with my girls. She said, fine, just come. On our way from my house to the Jerusalem station, um, there were three red alert sirens. So we had to stop on the side of the road three times with my daughters lying face down on the side of the road, me lying on top of them with my hands on their heads. And my nine-year-old asking me, but mommy, who will cover your head? So then you get to work. And I'm sure at that point it wasn't... um... It wasn't the best of situations. You can you can only do so much to protect your children from what they're able to hear or even see at that point, correct? Absolutely. It was different. First of all, the chaos. I've been there when there were multiple uh, mass casualty events um, and many different sort of events over the years, and nothing was like that day. The complete chaos, the helplessness that every one of us felt trying to help whoever was on the other side of lo- the line while some of them were shot dead or burnt to death while they're on the line with us, speaking to kids, t- telling them how to tie tourniquets to their own legs or to their parents' legs or arms. Um, just many, many calls and not being able to reach anyone because it was a war zone. Hmm. You know, we're, we're just seeing reports today that uh, Samaritan's Purse is actually delivering 14 ambulances, and that is in memory of 14 of the people that you serve with uh, losing their life on that day. Um, Those ambulances are needed also because they were destroyed. So uh, there is, I mean, that is terrible news in one way, but some good news in another, isn't there? There is, you are seeing um, help and aid in all sorts of places, aren't you? Absolutely. There's a feeling ever since October 7th, and even on October 7th, we feel that everyone and anyone who wants to help is doing everything they possibly can to help. And it is so touching. Even on October 7th itself, in the middle of the day, they opened the blood bank in Jerusalem 
and in three other locations in the country where there are bomb shelters. And people arrived straight from prayer to donate blood and straight from home with their pots of food so that everyone would have food. And thousands of people were standing around the corner waiting to donate blood. And they started praying and singing there. And we in the dispatch center, three floors under, heard the singing coming down to us. And it felt like this warm light coming mm. through all of us, like a breath of fresh air in the middle of all this disaster. Mm. Well, Ronette, what is some of, can you describe a little bit of what life is like today? I mean, October 7th, now it's been over 100 days of this war. I understand, like you mentioned, that mass casualty events and, and attacks is something that maybe is something that many citizens have gotten used to in a way, sadly to say, has life returned to normal for some citizens? What, what is that like? What is life like where you are? Well, for a while, it took, it took a while for life to try to turn back to normal. But just last night, we uh, found out that another 21 soldiers were killed in Gaza. There was some sort of attack. They were um, they bombed a building that they used it as um, to trick them to arrive there, and they bombed it. And one of those soldiers was also a volunteer, a volunteer of ours. Mm -hmm. So there's trying to get back to a normal life, but the reminder that we're at war, everyone's much more tense, much more at edge, much more waiting for what might come and scared of what we know will come sooner or later, also from the Hezbollah, from up north. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing is that it's it's coming from different sides. It's not just in the south. It looks like it's happening in the north as well. I mean, this is this is a whole new phase of war, I would imagine, for someone even as young as yourself and what you've experienced in Israel. This is a whole new time in your history, isn't it? Absolutely. It's a whole new time. And we very quickly understood that this is going to be a page in our grandkids' history books. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's terrifying to all of us. We all know that we will not give up until we are safe, no matter what it means that we have to do. We are all here, especially as Magenda Vidadom. We will go wherever we have to and do whatever we have to in order to save and help as many people as possible. Hmm. You know, there, there's a, a role that we can play also. Uh, we absolutely here in the States can be praying for your services and what you guys do. But tell us a little bit about other partnerships that you have uh, with people really all across, across the globe. Um, well, we have a lot of different friend uh, organizations of Magenda Vidadom across the world. I know that the website uh, that I was given for your listeners was Saving Lives in Israel. Dot org. Mm -hmm. um, and we are very, very grateful for all of our friends, for um, the organization Samaritan's Purse uh, from today that donated the 14 ambulances. And for every tiny thing that we get, I mean, to me personally, anyone who can even tell my story to other people who might not have heard it firsthand means so much to me because this was really something that I never imagined that any of us would need to go through. And all of our friends throughout the world really strengthen us and give us the ability to continue doing what we do that we believe is very, very important. If you don't mind, if this is too personal, that's fine. I understand. But um, your your children, are, are they back in school? Mm -hmm. or is, life to a, is it possible to have a little bit of a normal life? How are they doing? Yeah, my children are back in school. I'm very lucky that I don't know if it's in all schools, but in the schools of my two girls, the day they went back to school, 
their teachers sent a message saying, we're gonna discuss what happened. And if anyone says something not age appropriate, we will talk to them personally. And they straight away wrote to their teachers, they experienced something not age appropriate because they heard all the calls that day. They saw people crying, coming up and speaking to a nine-year-old locked in the closet with a six-year-old sister and their mother and father shot. Um, they heard a lot. And luckily they did receive the help from their schools that they needed in order to continue. But I mean, the country's trying to continue the schools and everything and everyone has like this cloud of who knows what else is gonna come. And who knows when everything that we've already been dealing with and dealing with now will burst in a different way from everyone's souls here. Well, this is an organization that's already used to responding to difficult situations, emergency situations, and you're obviously going to continue to do that. What's a way that we can, our listeners can know more about not only what you guys are doing, but also support it? You've given us this website, savinglivesinisrael.org. What are so, some of the key points that we will learn there of how we can support the work of what you're doing on the ground in Israel? Savinglivesinisrael.org um, will I will direct you to what Magenda Vizadom needs. We are preparing. We always feel the need to be prepared for what will come. We try to be positive, but to be prepared for the worst. And we um, are trying to get as many more ambulances as we possibly can, in addition to the amazing 14 ambulances that we received today, more medical equipment, trying to prepare different communities to be able to take care of patients they might have in their area if god forbid something happens again like like october 7th and it takes a while until they'll be able to be evacuated to the hospital so all of the medical equipment all uh, the ambulances and also just really passing the word i mean being aware of the amazing organization that magenda Dom is that it's the national emergency medical service taking care of the pre-hospital care and also of the blood services for the whole country. There's also a mother's milk bank um, giving mother's milk to um, babies. It used to be prenatal babies and ever since the war began, it's also babies who were either orphaned or their mothers were drafted to the army or injured or kidnapped. So a lot of different activities, a lot of different areas that Magenda Vida Dom has, takes care of in order to help Israelis. What is the sense is there a sense of unity within the country right now, people coming together to to defeat an enemy that, you know, did this horrific attack on October 7th? What is the sense in the country as far as being unified? There is definitely a sense of unity now. So different from, I would say, even October, October 6th. It kind of put things in perspective and helped us understand that we are all Israelis, and we all want to live safely, no matter what our political views are, no matter what religion we are, no matter, we are all in the bottom line, Israelis and proud Israelis. And we, there's a lot of helping each other, I would say with agriculture, a lot of people volunteering down south where they still need for their fields to work and people going to the hospitals to visit injured soldiers and injured, injured civilians, a lot of unity. Well, Ronette, thank you so much for uh, giving us perspective that we just uh, really can't even comprehend in many ways. We, mm-hmm. we thank you for your time, but also for your, your perspective on, on, on what is happening and how we can better be in prayer here in the States for what your service is and for your country. Thank you again. 
Thank you very, very much. And thank you for your support and for your interest in what's happening here. Yeah, the website she gave earlier also is savinglivesinisrael.org. That's the website where you can find out more about about this organization. Yeah, and what they're continuing to do, and of course the other ministries that are helping to provide some of those larger aspects. But there's something, a part that we all can play, and especially in prayer, that's something that we're charged to do, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Savinglivesinisrael.org, a great place to know exactly how to do that today.